This episode of Obscure Chatter is brought to you by Gaslighting. Gaslighting. I didn't say that. And now, on to the episode. <sighs> another episode of Obscure Chatter. Another great new sponsor. Or do we have a sponsor? I don't know. That wasn't clear in the ad. But, anyways, yes. Welcome to the May 2023 episode of Obscure Chatter. My ass was about to say 2013. If that tells you where I'm at, it still doesn't feel like 2023. I am your host, Terry Doty, and I was about to not introduce myself at all, but hello. This is your first episode of Obscure Chatter. Welcome. Um, If this is not your first episode, welcome back. It really is that simple. Welcome, welcome back. And only the occasional, I know you're kind of listening to that, this to see if I'm going to drop anything juicy about people we know. Um... Maybe, but I'm usually pretty good about covering up names and shit. (laughs) So please enjoy transcribing all of this and perhaps sharing it on whatever Discord that you for some reason think is private information. Goodbye. I I really don't know what I'm doing with any of that. It's a tangent. It's also a holiday weekend. I have been chilling, been hanging out and trying to think about everything that we talked about last episode. Um, Aside from, I think it's very, very important that once I record the episode, I listen to it once, kind of take some general notes so I can give you guys bullet points. And uh, within the episode descriptions, I do, uh, I'm not sure if any of y'all have noticed, but the links should also be active on whatever, like, service you're listening to to listen to Obscure Chatter, which uh, only a couple of you have really told me where you're listening to it. It's usually like the Apple podcast thing or through directly through the website. But we're on Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, uh, Twitcher. Oh, God, what else? I feel like there's a big one that I'm forgetting. Pardon me. Uh, Google Play. Blah, 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 blah. But usually I put in links to anything that I've referenced, like if I'm talking about a movie I loved or a television show, books mostly, I will include a link in that if you are curious about checking anything out. Um, But yeah, like, as I was saying, I think it's important after I do all of that and upload the episode, make sure that it's up on all of the stuff. Some sites put it up immediately, uh, and sites and apps put it up immediately, and some uh, take a couple of days, and then there's, what was it? It was like episode like 35 or 36 on Audible. I still have no reason why, but it's just not there, and I can't for some reason figure out how to put it back there. It's saying like it's a locked episode. It's not. I have no idea where it is, but the, you know, there are episodes after that that have been on there. Podcasting is interesting. It's very much like a, I don't know, uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, trying to think all that's happened, really it's just been kind of like with the writer's strike, uh, I haven't received any auditions, um, any kind of potential writing work, anything like that. And honestly, even if I did get some stuff, I'd be really hella sketch about pretty much anything uh, that was coming through right now because... There is a strike happening, a justifiable strike that, I mean, 
I remember just a little over a decade ago, you know, watching, like, episodes of The Office and uh, a few shows just kind of really being affected by the strike and ending on a weird fizzle because uh how long it took to come to terms. And now here we are again. It's stuff that I hadn't thought about because you just don't think about that as a viewer, but as a creative, you constantly have to think about that. Like typically for the anime stuff, I got to be real, sometimes I... I have to remind myself about the contracts that I do sign with not just anime, but live actions and all that. Like when you see, um, you know, a show that you did that you enjoyed recording and you feel that you were more or less remotely, like, decently uh, compensated for it, you know. But I won't say the franchise. And I won't say, okay. You'll either know or you know. But I did a show that later had two or three movies. And I'm in those movies. But I only got paid for the show because it was a buyout. So it's kind of crazy. Like, there was a point where Steven and I were at the movies. And I, I forget what we were there to see. But I literally, like, looked at, you know, what else was playing. And something that I was in was playing at the movie theater. And I went, oh, that's probably something else. And I'm like, no, like, I, I'm credit for that movie. Um, but all in all, to see the movie be in the movie theaters uh, and know that my audio was just reused, I made a couple hundred bucks total off that entire franchise. So you're like, oh, wow. And that's just, you know... Uh, that particular project. There are other ones where it's like, a, oh, I wasn't. Uh, I was kind of doing that as a favor to like uh, a colleague, and now I uh, wish that I hadn't done that. I've been paid in beer. I've been paid in pizza, but I knew what I was getting into at the time. But when the people that are like, hey, can you do me this favor? Suddenly, you know, change some stuff up. It's like you can't just do whatever you want with my sound files. But that's what, I mean, that's growth. That's really, you know, when someone's like, hey, really, really quick, why don't you, uh, you know, uh, just sign this and then we'll get started. Like, I, I don't just sign things anymore. I'm that chick that will bring out the biggest of glasses if I'm not already wearing them and be like, you're going to have to give me a second because uh, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to read it again. And then I may or may not just leave. That's happened. Um, now, <laughs> uh, I do think that now, considering it, I was, it was a TikTok from one of the writers of, I believe, Abbott Elementary. Uh, but it's like, you know, we're doing Abbott Elementary on ABC. It is ABC, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's ABC. Um, you know, and so we get paid as a writer whenever that is on ABC. But when that's streaming on Hulu, I don't get a cut of the Hulu cut. And then also, Abbott Elementary, uh, parts of it, um, I think only the first season right now, is on Max, formerly HBO Max. Max, where you watch HBO. Um, and they're not compensated for that. 
And it just goes on and on. And that's not even factoring in, look this up, where uh, Max decided to change a lot of people's, a lot of writers, directors, producers' title all to creator, which was one uh, super not above board, but also really fucks up the already very blurry lines of how people are compensated, how people are credits. Creator can mean a bunch of different things. Uh, and I actually read, I think, yesterday that HBO was like, we had no idea that this happened. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this was your idea and you didn't know that you guys did that? That's wild. But, uh, yeah, so fully understand the strike. It has, and I've talked to other friends, animators, a couple of directors, um, work is very slow. And I know that because... <laughs> All of us are, like, actually reaching out and just finally talking about the passion projects, uh, have time to actually write, and been doing workshops, all that. But, yeah, it it's just a chill, slow time. You would think with that that I probably would have done Obscure Chatter quicker. But, you know, hey, yeah, do what you can when you can. One of the things I have been writing in my, my free time is uh, I had mentioned it in the last episode, uh, the my experience with the psychic. What I've done since the last episode of Obscure Chatter is I went through the transcript of uh, what I went through with the psychic that in my Substack, which follow me, T-Dotally, on Substack, uh, that is a link I cannot share on Twitter for some reason. Thanks for that, space guy, space Tesla guy. Um, but uh, I've been kind of retelling it. I've been taking out a lot of like way too personal stuff, but I'm uh, that doesn't regard me because if you are a, a current, like, already listened to a few episodes of Scary Chatter, I talk about everything. But some of the stuff does directly kind of, like, try to talk about things that may be accurate, uh, but more than likely are super inaccurate about family members and friends that, you know, uh, shouldn't kind of have their privacy violated, even if it is a psychic badly guessing on their private life. But uh, we're on two uh, blog posts, and I've talked about just kind of generally, like, how a quote-unquote psychic or medium, or in the case of this psychic that I refer to as Casey in the blog, um, Casey is uh, someone that refers to herself as a psychic medium. And uh, talking about the techniques, um, having read A Magician Among Spirits by Harry Houdini and a few other things and being still somewhat a skeptic, I'm a little more open to stuff. The past few years have been interesting and there is some stuff that's happened in the past. I I very much talked uh, uh, on an episode of that anime show with, I think, Austin as our guest, Tatum and mine guest Tatum and Mai's guest hello writer but um talked about a, a couple of experiences shortly after my dad passed away and all that but um this uh the first uh, the first one was kind of like talking about yeah like cold techniques cold reading uh just shot in the dark uh name starts with L like trying to pull information and also just visual context clues like uh but yeah um and the second one 
Uh, I talk about Casey channeling my dad, which please check that out. But channeling my dad and it just kind of immediately being like, oh, God. Because for those who don't remember, I was also really, really sick on my birthday. And I didn't want to cancel this because, one, I wanted to do one thing on my birthday, like, that I had initially planned. I did get to watch, like, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies on VHS, uh, but (laughs) I also uh, just really couldn't eat anything, like, because I wanted to do, like, pizza for my favorite pizza joint in the area um, and make, like, uh, just make a cake with Steven. And and that didn't work out because I did not want to eat anything. I had crackers and, like, Sprite. Those were really the only things that I could keep down other than, like, ice water. Um, And if I was feeling really zesty, ice. Uh, (laughs) But, um, yeah, one, I wanted to do that. And two, I kind of wanted to get it over with. I get anxious, you know, about meetings, even if they are really positive things that you've got in the works. I Once I've scheduled it and I'm aware of it, I uh, I cannot wait to get it off of my plate. Uh, and it was only supposed to be an hour, ended up being an hour and a half. And But yeah, please keep up with me on Substack. That's where I'm posting about it. It felt a little odd to be like blogging about it on my personal Terry Doty, you know, professional site. So that's why I'm doing Substack. Uh, you can subscribe and get notified immediately when I post. And I'm going to try to post more in the future. But right now I'm on, yeah, I'm currently working on part three, which will re- be released on Wednesday. Uh, trying to repost only on Wednesdays, but yeah, check that out. Uh, with the again, first part was about um her supposedly channeling my dad, or kind of interchanging it and referring to dad as spirit. Uh, if she was talking about somebody else, perhaps she should have made that clearer. Um, but yeah. Read those, check them out, let me know what you think, drop comments, or even little things on Obscure Chatters, Twitter, however you want to do that. Hopefully if, I mean, Twitter's still around. Uh, Who knows? It does feel kind of like a fiery hellscape right now. Um, The tide has definitely turned as far as the, just how Twitter feels when you're on it. I used to enjoy engaging with people, and I really, really don't do it that often anymore. But, um, yeah, the third one will be about her channeling supposedly my grandmother. And uh, then briefly, I'm going to touch on numerology. Then before this tarot slash I need to start getting more into the metaphysical, all this stuff, It it's interesting. Another uh, thing I had mentioned, uh, the VHSs, but I got to find uh, Horror Freak, which I've talked about many times. Again, not a sponsor of uh, Obscure Chatter, but maybe I should reach out to them. But Horror Freak in Bedford, off Brown Trail. They are so cool. They're in the same little mini, uh, mini mall type of thing with a retro, uh, what was it? It's like retro toys. I forget what. There's another little thing, but it's also there's a retro toy store in the same little shop, and also um, an arcade, and also a vintage shop there too. But all of those are fun. Check them out. But 
I keep up with them on Instagram, and they had posted that they had this combo TV. And the thing about, like, watching VHSs through these little, like, daisy chain-type setups is the audio has been delayed, but I've been just kind of watching them because I've missed just... I don't know. I'm I'm a millennial. (laughs) Sometimes uh, we kind of drown ourselves in nostalgia because for me personally, I just don't think I really got to enjoy a lot of the stuff that, you know, was out then. So I'm kind of revisiting a little bit because I can. But I bought a 32-inch TV TV VCR combo, put it in our guest room, and Stephen and I watched American Gothic, which is a movie from the late 80s. Oh, my God, I forget the name of the woman who played Lily Munster in The Munsters, Uh, but she's in it. It's so cheesy, so weird, and so just generally unsettling, but it was fun to just, like, put that on. Steven and I just laid in bed in the guest room and just watched it. We have plans to just watch a bunch of vintage things. Um, Also, recently found out that, uh, like, I used to have a whole VHS collection, and of course you got rid of it. Everybody gets rid of their, you know, old technology stuff, and I'd moved around a bunch, didn't want to keep bringing around VHSs, and now I'm kicking myself because there are things that I had that now I'm trying to recollect because I have stuff to watch it on. But one of the things is I hadn't put together Kevin Smith's Dogma not being on streaming um, and read this, like, wild thing about how it was when Harvey Weinstein was still, you know, kind of getting away with possibly even murder. Like, this is just stupid, alleged bullshit that I'm guessing on. It doesn't matter. But um, this is when he still had a lot of control, and there was a point where he had asked Kevin Smith to do a sequel to Dogma. Kevin said no and may have said some other stuff. But because of that, the Weinstein Company still has really weird rights regarding Dogma. So dogma is incredibly hard to find. I don't think it's streaming anywhere because it can't because of the rights issue. Kevin doesn't own dogma. Um, But I'm looking for a VHS copy of dogma because I've been itching to rewatch it. Uh, it's not for everybody. I actually let a teacher in high school borrow it. Uh, he was my English teacher, but also my humanities teacher. He was uh, a really scientific guy, and uh, we'd had a lot of interesting discussions about religion. And I had mentioned kind of the general premise, leaving out a lot of the uh, <laughs> fuck shit fucks that are, you know, Kevin Smith's world. And uh, he was like, I watched this with my family, Terry. My God. But I wish I'd kept it because now I'm recollecting it. Um, Yeah, I think there are some movies that, while they can look wonderful, beautiful, and clear, uh, you know, in 4K, all that stuff, there's something just endearing to me about watching them on a fuzzy, you know, box set. And so I've been enjoying that. we, uh, Stephen had never seen American Gothic. Uh, he found a movie that he thought, like, he had fever dreamed called Robot Jocks. I've only seen a little bit of it. It looks 
so amazing that we're going to check that out soon. You might have seen a poll on Instagram or Twitter. Thank you who voted because you barely, uh, we barely won, but American Gothic won. And that was a lot of fun. Um, also randomly watched Son-in-Law uh, the other day on VHS, which... I had a thing about Polly Shore. I think a lot of us did because I posted like a clip on TikTok and Jade Saxton, amazing voice actress, director, uh, like freaking phenomenal. But, you know, we don't really see each other that much outside the booth. Uh, and <laughs> especially just now, I, I don't really hang out with a lot of people uh, unless there's a lot of planning. And uh, she texts me out of nowhere, and she had just recently seen Polly Shore, and her husband had never heard of him. So it was like us. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't know. This TV-VCR combos uh, really <laughs> stirred a lot of really fun conversations. Uh, but I recently, and I say recently, just a couple of days ago, had friends that I've known since the seventh grade. Uh, one of them lives in Hawaii, and she and her husband have, like, a thriving store. I can't tell you where because I don't remember. But we hung out, and uh, there was just a point where my friend Emmanuel was like, what is the TV? Why is that here? I'm like, dude, because <laughs> collecting v- VCR, like, memorabilia, let's do this. Yeah, like, you don't you don't think that's cool? He's like, that's cool. It's just random. <laughs> But yeah, so great. It's also really great to reconnect with people. There are people, um, and I've definitely mentioned this before, just there are people that no matter how much time passes between, you know, meetings, I'm never like, oh, it sucks that I'm not cool with Emmanuel or Kat anymore. It's just we see each other when we see each other, and it's like no time has passed, but we get to just be like, what's going on with your life? It's it's pretty great. Uh, I don't have that with a lot of people because I moved around a lot as a kid. But I didn't really settle in the DFW area until the sixth grade. I'd moved a bunch of different places. I'd lived in West Texas with my grandmother for a little bit. I'm from Pennsylvania. From Pennsylvania, we moved to Virginia. From Virginia, we moved to California. And from California, we moved to Texas. And that's where my parents got divorced. So I always make the kind of observation. It's like they just divorced and said, you're staying here in Texas. But I uh, didn't really, like, after a while, so many moves, you stop trying to make friends with people because you're like, how are we staying here? Because the movies make pen pals look really fucking easy. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't, I don't think I got like AOL till like uh, seventh grade. And I will say, it definitely should have been more policed. Or not, not even the seventh grade, like eighth? Ninth, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it, it was pretty great to catch up with everybody uh, that, you know, I'd kind of like formed bonds with in junior high, high school, and just kind of seeing how we've all evolved, where we're all at personally in our careers, talking about other people, seeing who you're caught up with. And honestly, just kind of like, like they don't tell you just really how much of a child you really are 
as as a late teenager, you really start thinking like, oh, I I know everything or I know a good deal. Um, I probably don't even seem like a kid anymore. And then you look at photos of yourself and you're like, I'm such a baby. I'm such a baby. I had a friend, Jesse, uh, send me a fo- uh, two photos, one from the Sweetheart Classic dance where I was... I'd say crown sweetheart classic queen, but it was actually the one dance where they didn't get a crown. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? That was the only reason I ran. <laughs> it's because I really wanted a crown. Um, but got to have a dance with a fellow senior um, who was crowned uh, sweetheart classic king. Um, and neither of us dropped each other. So that's a win. I think that's better than a crown. No bodily harm. And then... Uh, he he also my friend Jesse also sent me a prom photo and i don't know i it's kind of wild to see like it was uh, around the time like i'd started going blonde and i had i had a boyfriend but he was a year ahead of me so like he had graduated the previous year i went to his prom i almost didn't go to prom and then we could dissect this all day but i told my mother i wasn't going to go to prom and uh, a switch flipped. I don't know. She's like, you have to go to your prom. Like, I've been to a prom. I don't think they're going to be that different. It was at the exact same place as Jason, my high school sweetheart. It was the exact same place as Jason's prom. Uh, I actually went to prom with the, you know, his prom, and there were a lot of people that uh, were there with dates too. So we, oh, like a lot of saw a lot of the same people there, but my mom was like, you're going to regret. I didn't go to my prom. You're going to regret if you don't go to yours. Like, I don't think so. I, I was still dating Jason and I asked him, I'm like, do you, do you want to go to prom with me? He's like, I'll go and I'll do the whole thing. But you know, do you want me to go? I'm like, I kind of don't want you to waste your time. And he was like, okay. And he didn't go. I was going to go by myself. But within a couple of hours of prom, there was kind of, I don't want to say my nemesis, but I had someone that like, when we got along, it was very rare. We were always kind of at each other's throats. But I can't really tell you why. Um talked about it in therapy and here and there. You could argue even maybe that we were so similar that we just didn't like each other because of that. I really don't know what that was. There was there was some, oh my God, I'm not even going to get into that. But she called me and was like, I need a ride to prom. Like her car broke down or something. And then the devilish side of me was like, good. <laughs> um, but... I'm like, I I can't just leave her. And I live pretty close. So I ended up taking her. And she told everybody that I was her date, which really, like, cheesed me. Because it, it's not that I was afraid of anyone thinking I was gay. I'm pan. Uh, I think a certain part of me knew even then. Uh, but I was like, 
<laughs> if it had been like any other girl, I don't think I would have been as mad <laughs> them saying that I was her date. But I was also wearing like this femme type of zoot suit thing. I really wanted to wear like a zoot suit type thing. I wore like a long pinstripe jacket that went past my knees, but I wore a skirt underneath that you could see from the opening and a butt, a shitty button up that I got at a thrift store and a shitty black tie that I got from a thrift store and a fedora that I got from the uh, Trader's Village, which if you know what Trader's Village is, it's in Grand Prairie. It's great. It's got everything you could possibly need and more and amazing turkey legs and very questionable uh, rides. But it's um, it's great for getting, like, just finding little funky things. And I found, like, a fedora, so for, like, 35 bucks. And I think all in all I paid, like, maybe a couple hundred bucks and just slicked my hair and put it under the, the hat. So uh, the girl, I don't think I've said her name. Oh, God. Uh, I hope I haven't said her name because I don't want to say her name. Um, she was really dressed like dressed like you know a fairy tale princess like she was dressed in a red number she looked like the girl that realized uh she's in love with somebody at the end of a hallmark christmas movie like very like ta-da like really done up um beautiful but um with my outfit is like a <laughs> he just looked yeah like a couple uh And we sat together, there were other couples, we argued like a really bad couple, other people left our table as we were eating dinner, it's just so bananas. But that my friend Jessie was able to give me a prom photo that didn't have this girl in it It was wonderful. Um, And the girl, honestly, like years later, I'm like, I just... I wish her well. Sounds like she's doing well. Uh, but I'm really glad she's not in my life. And she, uh, you know, there's that. Boundaries. It's a wonderful thing. But also not ish- wishing ill will on somebody. I would never do that. I just, I don't want to be a part of your life. So here we are now. All grown up. Almost 40. And uh, just happy people are doing well. But also happy they're not your lives anymore. But the prom photo was pretty kind of surreal for one thing because I shared it with like my girlfriends, a little girl group chat called um, called You Can't Sit With Us. And it's me and three of my girlfriends that I just absolutely love. We can be vicious. We really lift each other up, but we can also send the dumbest shit imaginable. And I sent them the photo and they're like, what? Oh my God, Terry. One, you know, just really hyped me up, and I love them so much. But there was a moment where I showed it to Stephen. I showed him the photo, uh, and it was us just talking. And I realized at the time, like, that was when I had lost, like, a significant amount of weight, like 60 pounds in a a couple of months, um, where the first thing I would do in the morning uh, for a while was work out for 30 minutes. Like the second my alarm went off, I rolled off of bed and did push-ups, ab wheel, ran in place, all that stuff. And then like fully woke up, blah, blah, blah. And then right after school, uh, do it all again. And then right before bed, do it all again. Calorie counting. I was so miserable 
so, so miserable. And if I had reached my my quota for the day, which there was no science behind it, I very much, very, very much just picked a calorie uh, limit to set to and just decided, like, if I went outside that, that calorie thing or if I went to it earlier in the day, it's like, oh, I guess I'm not eating for the rest of the day. And you know what we call that. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, as like not full blown anorexic, like not eating at all, but I was depriving myself to a point where I was just miserable. Um, and seeing that photo, I actually got skinnier, uh, but, uh, like much, much skinnier to the point where the person that, you know, let's call her my prom date. She actually pulled me aside. We hadn't, we'd been out of high school for a while. She pulled me aside and she went, can I ask, like, when does it stop? And I thought she was, like, ready to, like, just, we, we fought. I'm telling you, we fought a lot. Um, it only made out once, but that's another thing. Uh, but, uh, like, she asked me what I'm doing, and it's kind of, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, I can see your ribs. What are you doing? And I just kind of, like, blew her off and walked away. And she, like, left. She was like, she had just gotten there, looked at me, tried to hang out for a little bit, pulled me aside, and tried to have what I'm realizing now was a very important conversation. Um, or not just now, but, like, not in the moment. Just thought she was trying to be combative. But it was her noticing something that perhaps other people noticed but didn't say anything about. I had been broken up with my boyfriend already. Uh, Jason, we broke up a little bit after I graduated. Because he was ready to get really serious and, like, get married. Like, seriously, like, hey, I'm 18 now. Like, let's go ahead and get married. And, you know, we love each other. Let's let's move in together. Let's go ahead and start talking about kids. Like, that was way too much for me at 18. I'd argue that would be way too much for me at any age. Uh, like, that was just, that was, like, really, really intense. Uh, to where it's, like, you know, my I was friends with Steven for a good year or so, like, I think, like, 10 months or something before we started dating. And then we were, like, two years into living together before we, like, casually talked about, like, getting married so we could be protected. Um, Like, we weren't even talking about, like, I, you know, I just, I need you to be my wife or anything like that. Uh, it was just, uh, we've, we traveled a few times and sometimes not being married kind of mucks up the works. Like, uh, if I'd been hurt or something, there is a good chance my boyfriend couldn't, you know, get back and see me, but my husband could. Uh, just shit that we thought about. But, um, yeah, just all of that. And uh, realize, uh, it was not just depriving myself of food, but also if I felt that I ate too much, uh, vomiting. So it was a, a nice little change up there. So it's kind of Nice little change up there. God, Terry. Um, it was kind of surreal to see that photo and know I and know I got skinnier. And yes, working out like all that, but I I can't imagine. Uh, and just to tell you kind of like how like the flip the flipping like ridiculousness of it is uh, I went to my doctor. Um, 
my gynecologist and his, you know, his staff was uh, really always very nice, very like Texan nice. Everybody had big hair and, you know, kind of remembered what was going on. Like, How's your mama? All that. And uh, they had mentioned the big uh, weight difference. I think a, a uh, I, I forget what I was doing at the time. It's like, oh, somebody's lost a little bit of weight. Look at you. Um, What have you been doing? Like, what's your secret? And it was like, I made the joke. I made a joke that I should not have made, which I said, Coke and bulimia. That's my secret. And the nurse, like, completely dropped everything. I'm like, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. She's like, oh, that's that's real funny. And I'm like, well, I mean... It's a joke, but it really wasn't the, the, obviously the Coke part was a joke, but like the bulimia thing. And then they did all these tests um, and it was fine, but nobody clocked anything. My regular doctor didn't clock anything either. Like I, they were just like, you're doing so good. And now just looking back on it, the second I, I stopped calorie counting, which I could never go back to, is, uh, I just felt better. I didn't realize how stressful all of that was. But also just it put my body in a constant state of fight or flight uh, and just wasn't good for anything because it's starving myself and making myself throw up. It was really, really bad. So to kind of look at that, uh, since my friend Jesse sent it to me a, a couple weeks ago, is like, Why were you so mean to yourself? Like, seriously. And looking at photos of myself before I lost all that weight, I'm like, I was just a little happier. Because real talk, um, that's all we do here at Obscure Chatter. Um, my high school boyfriend, he was someone that I met my freshman year. Uh, I was doing house crew for South Pacific. And he was doing house crew, I think is like uh like a detention type of thing. He was kind of a delinquent, you know. I like I like him, you know, just funky and different. He always wore like vans and jinkos and this like surplus military jacket, uh lots of chains, all that. <laughs> I grew up in the late the late nineties, early two thousands. I'm sorry. But uh, I thought he was so cute. And he, like, bought a Snickers for me because I did, like, the concession stand in house crew. Um, And uh, just kind of kept seeing him throughout the rest of high school. And I thought he was gorgeous. Um, But, you know, I saw him with a girlfriend and went, Then my junior year, I had just recently started losing uh, some weight. Uh, I was doing, like, a fair type of thing for the school, and he was managing, like, the cakewalk for photography or something. And we ended up hanging out. Um, and then very within a couple of days of that, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And it wasn't until we, we talked, and I'm like, we've met before. Uh, and he actually kind of alluded to, he said, I remember you. I'm like, well, yeah, but you didn't, like, ask me out. 
until like I lost a bunch of weight. He's like, it wasn't the weight. It was the way you carried yourself. Like you could gain like a gajillion pounds. And if you carried yourself the way you did when you lost the weight, I still would have noticed you. He's like, you've seen girls I've dated. I don't care about that. And that just completely blew my mind. Uh, I thought about it a lot differently. When I uh, I kind of fell back into old habits when I started smoking after high school. I would check in with some friends, but nobody really ever kind of clocked me uh, like smoking because it was an appetite suppressant, all of that. And then when I worked at Guitar Center, it uh, wasn't depriving myself. I was just broke. <laughs> I was broke and uh, drinking a lot because uh, one of the managers of a guitar department. Uh, His wife was a bartender. And so we were always getting cheap drinks and cheap cigarettes because uh, people that worked for Camel and stuff always kind of swung by bars and like, hey, if you give me your ID and I swipe it, I'll give you a free pack of cigarettes. Happened all the time. But uh, yeah, I, I lost a bunch of weight just because what I was doing was being really, really poor, really, really broke, and I would just carry, like, amps up and down stairs and all that and work that way and got the skinniest I'd ever been. But, yeah, like, it was, like, even, like, smoking, like, that was a giant thing. But I don't know if there's really a point. It's me talking about this shit now because I didn't talk about it then. And therapy is a wonderful thing. I'm about to start seeing a new therapist, which I'm really excited and nervous about. Uh, But he just came really highly recommended. And so I'm excited for new therapist guy. Um... But yeah, I uh, I don't know. I think what I'm talking uh, when like the idea behind mentioning it is that uh, I've been an actor for since I was 14 years old, and I've been doing voiceover for 15 years, and I think some of the attention that I've got has been pretty negative. And I think without certain protections and boundaries in place that that probably could have hurt me like it did in high school and in college. I just, I want people to know that, you know, I'm all for body positivity, but I also just want y'all to know that um, loving, loving the body you're in doesn't mean that you're always so toxically positive about it. It's being nice to yourself. And naming those negative thoughts for me. I recently named my negative thoughts Kennedy because I hate that name because of a character from Buffy. I just hated Kennedy so freaking much. But um, Kennedy can shut up. Kennedy needs to shut up sometimes. But sometimes Kennedy can be a little too loud. And, yeah, no, I just, I want people to take care of themselves. But I also want people to know that if... You have weak moments or you fall into old uh, bad patterns that I've been there. And a lot of us have been there. I don't know anybody that has everything 100% figured out all the time. So, <sighs> yeah, it was just kind of wild to see myself and, like, look at me now. Like, wow, I, you know, I've I've always been on the thicker side and just... <laughs> Knowing that, like, I'm carrying myself differently and I'm about to be 40 and all of that, I'm like, wow, 
I am so proud of the progress that I've made mentally and I've reached a good balance. I do yoga every day. I go for a walk with my husband every day. I try to do more. My shoulder's been really fucky this past month just because shoulders and being old and trying to work that out, take care of myself. But I don't know. Try, just trying to love me. And I hope you love you. And that's really all it boils down to. And maybe not making coke and bulimia jokes to a medical professional. Do with that what you will. That's going to be the one time someone listens to Obscure Chatter and does a story. And that's going to be their little, like, <laughs> quote, soundbite, whatever. But no. <laughs> there you go. What is Terry Doty thinking? I don't know. And I talked about dyeing my hair. Uh, you know, uh, my friend Kat just kind of being like, I remember Terry as a baby blonde. And I got to tell you, there's been this weird thing. I have, uh, aside from like the first year of the pandemic, uh, I've had green hair for about five years. There was an incident in the first year of the pandemic where I tried to box diet myself and Stephen helped me. And it went horribly wrong. I ended up dyeing my hair black from a box dye and yeah it it was not good when I finally revisit my hairstylist after I finally I'm like okay she's being careful she's got her own little setup I'm being careful blah 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 blah. went in she like saw my hair like what the fuck did you do (laughs) what did you do but so yeah, green hair for five years, and I've been growing it out the past year, uh, the past year and some change. I think I'm going to take at least, a, like, l- let's call it a break from the green. Uh, I have an appointment with my hairstylist at the end of next month, but I'm going to go back to being blonde for a while, maybe for a bit, but I got to tell you, it's something I never could have predicted is how, like, uh, in, in high school, you know, I had pink hair, purple hair, blue hair. I never had green until uh, I only dyed my hair green after Halloween in late 2017, where I dressed as Lottie Person from uh, Snot Girl. Great comic by the same people that do uh, Scott Pilgrim. Love it. There's potentially more along the way. But I love that character. Think of it as kind of a millennial American psycho. I'd heard someone kind of refer it to that way. It was this guy, Wes. He referred to it that way, and I just never thought of a better example Um, or kind of a reference. It's millennial American psycho, uh, really trippy, but really good. And so I dressed as Lottie, who has green hair. And I just kind of loved the way the green hit my skin tone. And I didn't really know anybody with green hair. So I did it and just kind of kept doing it. But I don't know if it's getting older or just like the vibe around Texas, this area. But I there was just a point where Stephen and I were at a, we were in downtown Dallas uh, my hair, you know, just green, freshly dyed. Uh, and we were walking, and this guy was walking the opposite direction, and he shoulder-checked me pretty fucking hard. And there was this moment when I turned around, and he turned around, 
and I saw like some Nazi tattoos on his arm. And this and he just looked at me like I was like garbage. It <laughs> kind of fucked with me. Like we Steven and I were in downtown Dallas to like watch a show and I I I had this weird moment while we were getting some food looking at my reflection and kind of being like what did he see? Like that made him be like, "Yes, I should I should shoulder check this woman." And I got in my head about my green hair. I got in my head about I'm like you know, I think I look Hispanic, but then uh, I also, I've had people, like, follow me home before, like, shouting, like, anti-Semitic slurs. I, I, I don't get it. I really, really don't. But I got in my head about the green hair, and right now, maybe you don't get it unless you dye your hair, like, uh, what is considered an exotic color, uh, anything like that, but I feel like right now it's wearing me a little bit, and that is not something that I want. It's like a friend that's got a mustache, and after a while, like, you can't disconnect the friend from the mustache, and uh, it's like, then the friend shaves, and, like, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to be, like, the friend with the mustache. I don't know. It's kind of that. (laughs) But, you know, also, change is good. Fuck shit up. Uh, So we're going to go blonde for a little bit. And maybe we'll like it. But also, yeah, I just, I've missed wearing green. Uh, I also try to avoid wearing purple. Uh, <laughs> only one person has ever said, why so serious? And when I was at a Bianca Del Rio show, someone went, okay, Billie Eilish. But not in that fun way, like a, haha, who does she think she is type of way. You, I shouldn't let people get to me, and I really don't, because I actually looked at my reflection, like, little after I said that, and I literally just kind of smacked my own ass and went, whatever. <laughs> like, a bunch of people saw me. I was with Monica, my friends Monica and Tia. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. Just checking checking out my tukas. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's a weird vibe here. I'm not going to lie. Uh, considering going, I guess, a a little more low-key in the hair color, I don't know. I've been auditioning a lot, all that. Sometimes the green can work as part of your brand, but it's like, well, I mean, I'd really let like want my sense of humor or my vocal talent or my writing samples to kind of work more in my favor than the couple of bottles of dye that I paid a lot of money for a wonderful, beautiful hairstylist goddess to put on my head. Uh, I want that to show a little bit more. We'll see, though. I, you know, uh, so it's not an attempt to look normal or whatever that means. But, uh, yeah, it's just been five years, so we're going to change stuff up. And I don't know, every time I change my hair color, somebody's somebody's weird a little bit on twitter before twitter was super insane during uh some of the uh, uh, 2019 twitter stuff anime related you like it um it was like a oh i can't believe that she would side with her friends that were harassed and also women she's never met but she has green hair so None of us should be shocked. I'm like, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But we're gonna we're gonna check that out. I mean, there's a whole mess of stuff going on. So yeah. Uh, 
Let's see. Man, I know that I just dumped, like, that was a big info dump. So do without what you will. Do nothing with it. And uh, let's see. As far as, I was actually, like, I was kind of, like, try to do, like, a breakdown of some of the books that I liked throughout the month, which is one of the reasons that I do the episode toward the end of the month. But I got to tell you, I actually went through most of May thinking I hadn't read a lot. And what it was is I I read a lot of just books I'd already read, you know, or, um, like, I read a lot of uh, romance. Uh, Again, like, because I'm writing my book right now, which is science fiction, I try not to write, uh, like, read science fiction too much and kind of, like, minimize fantasy, all that too. But I... Uh, I was, like, going through the books that I'd read. I'm like, wow, I, I actually read a lot. Um, and, and what's really helped is I have lived in the city that I've lived in for, like, 13 years. And I only just last week got a library card, <laughs> which seems bananas to me because we, uh, growing up, I very much relied on library cards to rent movies to read because my mom... And dad buying me books was very rare. Or keeping the books if I did buy them. It's like, all right, you've read that. Now get rid of it because books take up space. I think that's why for a while I was very much like, a, oh, I'll never get rid of books. I'm going to have this giant library. But really, hold on to a book that you've loved and check in every couple of months. And see if it's worth, like, do I love it? Like, is it worth taking up space on my shelf? Uh, most of the time it's yes if I've loved it or now what I've been doing is I buy it digitally and then if I've really enjoyed it then I'll buy it physically also as you get older you can uh, enhance the font more (laughs) and that's real talk right there but um, like uh, every month or two uh, Stephen and I uh, donate to Paralyzed Veterans and honestly what they mostly come for now is the books. Like, all we do is put everything in nice boxes and have it outside for them uh, before 7 on a Saturday that they tell us their times. Just leave it outside. They come and pick it up. And if there's something they don't like, they fucking leave it. (laughs) Uh, But that's rare. But, yeah, the last time I was there, a guy pulled up, and he immediately started looking for the books and started, like, picking stuff out. I'm like, you do you, man. A lot of those are new. Enjoy. Uh, but yeah, just did that um, because uh, the library card is also, I'm like, oh, wow, wow, magazines that I would never buy but I've always wanted to read. Or, uh, oh, I really wanted to read this Pedro Esquire uh, article, but I would never buy an, a, a, an issue of Esquire. Great. Cool. Um, but one, I'm still very much a devoted member to Kindle Unlimited. It's a great uh, source for a lot of indie authors, too, myself included. My book is on Kindle Unlimited. And, uh, yeah, you can check up to 20 books out at a time. And sometimes even, like, uh, if you hold on to it too long, it's like, hey, this is no longer on Kindle Unlimited. But you can still access it because you're still borrowing it. It's great. Um, But one that I'd actually, I forget, I'd never read this book. Um, It's by uh, Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Uh, It's called The Yellow Wallpaper. It was actually released in 1892. 
I had never heard of it before, but it was either a Kindle Unlimited recommendation or something, but it's a short story. It uh, A lot of people have dissected it over the years. I, I seriously don't understand how I didn't see that. It's... It, some people really tear it apart, um, or not not tear it apart, but dissect it because of just the multiple feminist aspects aspects of it. Some people just find it kind of haunting, um, like find it creepy. Like it's kind of suspenseful, but you know, it's about the just patriarchal society, you know, and how it silences and you know marginalizes women and their pain. Because, uh, but yeah, it it was actually a really good read. Um, it, it blurs the lines. It can get a little confusing, uh, but it's a short story. You can read it in less than an hour, honestly. Well, if you're me, less than an hour. Um, but yeah, very short read. Check it out. The Yellow Wallpaper. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of ways to interpret it, and I think a lot of it is left up to interpretation. Then there's also another short story uh, by Rainbow Rowell, who's written a couple of my favorite books, one being Eleanor and Park, another being Fangirl, <sighs> a few others. Uh, but yeah, um, which Fangirl also has a manga now, which is a lot of fun, which is a collaboration between Rainbow and Sam Maggs. Maybe one other person. I forget. Pardon me. Uh, but uh, In Waiting by Rainbow Rowell is a really clever little idea. Like, I think it just spoke to the writer in me, but also the reader. Uh, and I have the uh, the little, little snippet. Let's see if you guys are into it. But what happens to characters waiting to be written? Anna is waiting. She's fully developed. She has personality depth, a supporting cast, she even has a cat. But Anna has been stuck here for years, watching far lesser characters get called into their own stories. James is new. He's still taking shape. His backstory and motivation are changing every day. But James is so detailed, so crisp, so beautifully written, he must be destined for something great. He might even be a main character. They both know it's only a matter of time before they're separated, but they don't want to wait for an unseen author to cast their fates. Drawn together and longing for more, James and Anna dare to build a narrative of their own. It's a really cute idea, because even if you've, you've never written a thing, you've got characters that you've made up in your mind. And so it's about two characters that are just waiting to belong to a story. Isn't that interesting? It's it was a really fun, also kind of shorter read, but I loved it. It was a really great idea. Um, In Waiting by Rainbow Rowell. Uh, also, yeah, talking about revisiting stuff. I revisit uh, the Element series by Brittany Cherry. That's four books in one box set. The Air He Breathes, The Fire Between High and Low, The Silent Waters, and The Gravity of Us. Great romantic writer. Check that out. Uh, then there are two that I tried to read. Well, I finished one, and I didn't finish the other. I couldn't get into Spare by Prince Harry. I don't know. And so many people hype it up. I gave it 60 pages, and then I just, I couldn't. I bounced. It was just too long. Uh, 
But, you know, if you loved it, let me know why. Maybe I, I missed out on something, but you got 60 pages from me. If you if you can't impress me and really capture my attention, which everything that I had read about it and I'd seen interviews and little snippets and all that, everything said that I should like it, but I just didn't. Then there's a... It's a spinoff of the Curse Breaker series by Bridget Kemmerer, uh, who I've mentioned before. Bridget Kemmerer. Uh, Forging Silver into Stars. It's the first book in a new series that is a spinoff. And I barely finished it. Probably won't continue it. Um, but, yeah, just trying to think about the good stuff here. Like, finished another series, like The Blood Prophecy by L.H. Cosway. Um really good romantic writer. She does a lot of fantasy too. And sometimes she does collabs with like Penny Reed. I'm trying to think of another author that she does one with. But another great one, it's a follow-up to the first book. Uh, the first book is called The Girl in His Shadow by Audrey Blake. Uh, she released a second book in that series called The Surgeon's Daughter. It's about a girl that's basically orphaned from birth and ends up getting raised by the surgeon that helped deliver her. Uh, she was very, very sick, and the doctor is kind of like, ah, you know, whatever. He's very eccentric, but he ends up kind of becoming her dad. And it's like turn of the century, like late 1800s, but she's basically taught how to do surgeries in a time when, you know, women weren't allowed to practice medicine. It's pretty good. Check out book one, which is on Kindle Unlimited. And book two, I checked out from the library. Read it in one night. It was great. Really, really liked it. Uh, the Surgeon's Daughter is the second one, but it's by Audrey Blake. Check out The Girl in His Shadow. See if you dig it. If not, that's fine. <sighs> I'm trying to think. TV. Mm. Uh, I'm still, like, trash-watching Teen Wolf. It's actually started to get good. It only took three seasons, but Doug Jones was in an episode, and I love Doug Jones. Uh, Miss Marvel finished that. Uh, finally started season three of Ted Lasso. And the other one, I don't really do medical shows, but I'm really into The Good Doctor right now. I've loved Freddie Highmore since he was in that weird Tim Burton, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But, uh, amazing talent. Uh, he's done so much. Like, he was Norman Bates in Bates Motel. Uh, but uh, it's based, The Good Doctor is based off of a Korean medical show, I believe by the same name. It He does play someone on the spectrum that has savant syndrome. It is not for everybody. Um, some people want to immediately talk about, and I completely understand this, uh, the real representation of neurodivergent people uh, and characters and just really how they're truly portrayed. Is it accurate? Is it fair? Um, I think Freddie Highmore and the other cast members and characters within the show are phenomenal, but I do see, I do see the other side of it. Some people view... Uh, a lot of it as stereotypical. Some people argue that Freddie shouldn't have been in consideration, that the, uh, you know, the lead role of an autistic character should have been, uh, you know, given to an autistic actor. Um, we can talk about it. Uh, it um, it's, 
it's really sometimes how they they handle specific storylines. Uh, some some stereotypes are pretty outdated. Um, while others, I, I I have a friend that actually just found it very respectful and kind of like true to her experience. But that uh, you know that's what I I think I dig it. But I get why people don't. Um, and I think it's led to some pretty interesting conversations in just a little bit that I've been watching it. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, is the big one, which, again, I don't really get down on, uh, medical shows that often. But, yeah. And as far as movies, like, there was American Gothic, which Stephen finally saw. I will be watching Robot Jocks soon. But uh, I saw, uh, what was it? My Big Fat Greek Wedding too. I mean, it's what a sequel for that movie should be. It's cute. If you like the first one, you'll like the second one. And I only watched the second one because I found out there's going to be a third one. I <laughs> Sure, Nia, let's go. Nia Verdales, let's go. Let's go. Why not? Um, finally saw Scorsese's After Hours. I'd never seen it before. Ever. And it's trippy fun. It's probably my uh, my favorite Martin Scorsese movie. I think it came out in 1986. Oh, so good. Uh, oh, so for mo- for books, there's if it's a print, you get 60 pages. If it's a digital book, you get 20% max. If it's a movie, you get 20 minutes. And Orphan got 20 minutes. And uh, it was triggering. It was just odd to me. Uh, It was not for me. Not for me. But if you want to keep up with what movies I'm watching, um, Letterboxd is a great site slash app. Great way for me to honestly keep up with new movies. Um, I've, I've got a great watch list in there. You're able to kind of keep track of what you've watched throughout the year, but also you can just look at how the way other people review stuff. Um, it's a fun little site. I don't know. Um, and then I've had a couple of followers so far and it's just, Hey, um, and uh, I think it was Jeremy that mentioned, he's like, so when I ask, Hey, you know, I don't have to ask you if you've seen cocaine bear, I'll just look at your letterbox. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like it was, it was fun to kind of add a couple of reviews that I'd put other places, you know, for like Barbarian or uh, Hellraiser, like the new one, newer one, all that stuff. But yeah, uh, this I never really, aside from like having a rough idea of what I think uh, the length of an episode is going to be, this is probably one of my longer ones, my longer solo ones. So I hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, I know I've talked about some heavy stuff. Uh, I even kind of had a, a note on whether or not to address the Allen shooting, which recently happened. Uh, I used to work around there. I have family and friends there, uh, friends with children and Allen is actually just a great community that has been very welcoming every time I've gone. Um, I get to go there next weekend to do a little acting workshop with uh, 7th through 12th graders and kind of talk about the process and see if I can help some potential new voice acting talent find their voices and have a little bit of fun 
but I, I'm really not sure about the, you know, just how it's going to feel there. They've, they've gone through a lot. When I say the DFW area, the DFW is actually a very large area of North Texas. Um, but we all drive everywhere. So when that happened, it was kind of like a, again, really kind of thing. Uh, talked about that with high school friends where, you know, I was in junior high when Columbine happened, I think. And like junior high or freshman year, I think it was like my eighth grade year. Um, and that it just keeps, it's pretty bad. Um, but I, I have nothing to say that hasn't already been said. I'm just sad about it. And I'm hoping that you guys are keeping people less fortunate than you in your thoughts. If you pray, pray. If, uh, you don't just, you know, think about it for a second. That's what I do. I don't really pray. I just kind of write until I'm too tired or I have nothing else to say. Uh, sometimes with this show, it feels a lot like a diary. Yeah. It's been a lot. And right now here in Texas, there have been a couple of people like, oh, well, it's Texas, so I'm not shocked that, you know, people are losing their rights, right to medical care, uh, their lives, all this. Uh, I, I love this state. I don't want to live anywhere else, but it is hard and especially hard right now. But I didn't see myself moving. I just wish things were better right now. And I can hope that they do get better. And, you know, just do what I can to be a part of the the good change that we are capable of. And I hope you're trying to do that as well, whether or not you're in Texas. I know lots bad everywhere. I hope that this has been a part of a good in your life. Um, as always, I'd love to hear from you guys. If you have anything you'd like to expand on, if you're enjoying the show, please leave me a review on whatever app site you're listening to this on. Uh, if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out perpetuallyoffbeat at gmail.com. Until then... I will see you guys in June. June, I'm hoping the next time I see you guys, we can geek out about some more books, more TV, more movies, and just reminisce and just, you know, vibe or whatever. (laughs) Yes, she's vamping. She's vamping. You cannot blame her. So sorry. But no, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, read good shit, watch good shit, and just honestly, try not to be a shit. Bye.